1: We're in Malta we're in Malta hanging out in beautiful Crystal Cove Malta. Malta is 180 miles south of Sicily so we're just enjoying some uh, nice weather and beautiful water as you can see the water like-
2: so I, I have to stuff. ask you this was this like an
1: impromptu
2: cool. was this like an impromptu trip because two days ago you said 9 a.m.
1: Wednesday worked) <laughs> Yeah, but I, I just thought that I just totally spaced, man. You know, I was so excited to get out here that, just, you know, this ADD is a crazy thing, man. Crazy thing. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so the
0: people that cannot them. see JR right now, we are looking at him sitting on this beautiful boat with, with crystal clear water behind him <laughs> with his shirt off, sunglasses on,
2: and Absolutely yeah, unbelievable! Hold that, hold that pose right there. Hold that pose. Uh, hold that. So, how long are you there for?
1: Uh, we're here for five days. Five days.
2: Now,
0: yeah. is it all going to uh, be spent
1: ago. on that boat? No, we're just here on the boat for a couple days, and we were in Rome, and then we were torn. We we're just did some uh, torn on Malta, and then going back to Rome in a few days. So, kind of mix it up a little bit. So a couple days on the boat guys you got to come down here it's just it's insane really like you see behind me see behind me you see the cliff behind me i yes. jumped off that i jumped off that it was a big one it
0: was a big one. how how high it looks about what 40 40 50 feet
1: yeah it's about yeah it's about 45 feet i would have to say it's it's up there it's it's big i mean it's, it's yeah no thanks it's <laughs>
0: So, obviously, we're, we're not going to be sitting here talking hockey at all. This has, you know, we I can't know, talk I, no, hockey on a game like
1: this. You know, I <laughs> hey, Jer- the last hey question. Days. I know exactly what happens. Toronto Maple Leafs suck. <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs suck. They absolutely suck. That's just no other way around it. They suck.
0: JR, the Maple Leafs have not beat the Arizona Coyotes since 2002 in in Toronto. <laughs> Yes, that was the last time they won.
1: That's such arrogance. It's such Toronto arrogance. I'll tell you the truth, because they, they they think they got an easy win. They come in, think they're gonna have an easy win. Kind of like Brady did the other day with Pittsburgh. He comes in, doesn't even want to feel like he doesn't even want to be there. Just gonna walk in and win. And he gets stomped by. Well, he an was awful at the Pittsburgh, owner's
0: craft's uh, wedding on Saturday.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just dumb. It's just dumb. You know, Brady has it. See, Brady has the same attitude that some of the National Hockey League players have at certain times where he's just not excited to play a team and he doesn't even bother to show up. And, you know, I, I think the Edmonton Oilers are the same team. Edmonton Oilers, somebody's got to tell the Edmonton Oilers what time the game starts. You guys watch these Edmonton Oilers games? Oh, it's 4 nothing, 3-1. Good for Buffalo to beat them. But, you know, you know, they, they had to come back. They were down like 4-1. They had to come back late to win in the first game. Then Cal- Calgary, they're down 4-1. Again, they couldn't come back. It's like yeah. they're down three or four goals in the first period. They forget what time the game starts. Like, wake So up is that already. coaching
0: it's- JR, or, or is that just, you know, like, I was just saying to PD today, like, so I looked at the score sheet after the game. Connor McDavid paid, played 26-52. How long is that yeah, going to last?
1: Have, but you have to. But you have to, right? You have to put him in that 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 many minutes when you go down three goals early, right? Yeah. Um uh, in, in order to come back, you're gonna have to
0: is that you know, too much for to. a for a forward though?
1: Um, you know, I would say for anybody else, Connor McDavid, maybe not. I don't know, maybe not. But I don't know. It's, you just can't. You can't do that, man. You can't. You can't put that much stress this much this early on your best player, like Connor McDavid. I mean, you're playing 26 minutes in October. Where's he going to be come come March, or then come playoff time when it's time to go?
2: Well, let me ask you this: uh, Sheldon Keith is doing the same thing with Marner and Matthews. Well, Matthews is starting off pretty slow. How
1: much I don't, is this is
2: coaching,
0: though, Jr?
1: You know, I think a lot. I I don't know if a lot of it is. I mean, these guys are professionals. You don't need a coach to tell you to get ready to play the fucking game, right? You got to. You've got to know what time the puck drops, and you got to be prepared when the puck drops. And for me, I mean, a coach is only can only do so much. He can he can give you all the all the video. He can talk the game plan. He can do all the X's and O's on the board, but he, he can't get you prepared to do the work. You as a player have to do that. You have to get ready. You have to get ready to start on time. You have to put – the coach can't make your legs work. The coach can't make your brain turn on. That's you as a person and as a player. And when they don't do that, it's on them. It's not on the coach. That's fucking bullshit. It drives me absolutely crazy. And by the way, why was Ottawa Senators favored by one, minus 130 against the Boston Bruins last night at home? Can somebody explain that to me? Because it's not just because Marshawn's out. I mean, Boston Bruins beat Washington. They beat, would they beat Florida or Tampa? I don't know if they yeah. beat one of them. Um, but so then they Tommy, go into Ottawa. So
0: you you bet on Boston is what you're trying to say.
1: No, no. I took Ottawa because because it looked like a trap game. I mean, everybody's saying, oh, Ottawa might have 3.30. I'm thinking Boston plus points. No, I took Ottawa. You
0: know, I, I well, a 7-5 spanking uh, Ottawa
1: Senators over the Bruins last night. Yeah, again, it's like these numbers, people, they know what they're doing. I don't know what the case was. There was something fishy going on with that line. And usually when you see something fishy, go, go the fishy way. But so I have strange. another
0: question for you. And it's, it's a two-part question. What the hell's going on with Tampa Bay? And what the hell going on with Philadelphia? They're 3 and 0.
1: I don't, Philly is Philly surprising me more than Tampa is. I mean, Tampa I can understand. Again, they went, you know, they went all the way to the final again. They played more hockey than anybody in in the last probably last 30, last 30 years. You know, for the last 4 years. It's um Philadelphia, I think, is one of those teams that nobody's given any respect, and there's they're just like, hey, let's just go out and play. Nobody expects us to have a good season. Let's let's just go do it. Well, John um, Tortorella, John Tortorella's
2: there. I mean, you wonder if you wonder uh, if uh...
1: But he might have them scared shit. There's no question, and or at least you know feeling feeling like the underdogs. At least you know John Tortorella is probably saying that that exact same thing. Hey, guys, nobody thinks we're going to be good this year. Let's show them, right? Let's just go out and play and have fun and play loose and drive and let's put be a hard team to play against, and that's what they're doing. And they're battling. Uh, they're they're battling a lot harder than Toronto Maple Leafs are. That that's for sure. They're battling a lot harder than Tampa is. That's for sure. So you know. Well, do you think it, that it some of these teams though?
2: It, let me ask you something, Jeremy, because because it's interesting. You know, the teams that are surprising us, you know, like I know Ottawa beat Boston last night. And that might have been what their first win. But but there are other teams around the league that are surprising us. Game, but my, my question is this, though, from what we've learned with how hard a playoff grind is and how good these teams are. It almost seems like Tampa Bay over the last couple of years has been in cruise control the first 20 games because they know they can turn it on and go and win a vast majority of their last 60 games. Toronto might feel the same way do you think it's do you think it's possible that teams the really good teams now are coming out slower and just kind of getting settled into the season because the season is such a grind
1: well no. the question is would would you worry about more would you worry about Tampa Bay Lightning more or would you worry about the Edmonton Oilers more or um, would you worry about the Washington Capitals more like, well I'm not talking about.
2: when I say that, I'm not talking about the Edmonton Oilers. They're not a team that has no, that luxury. No, but no, a team no. like Toronto, no, Tampa. But saying,
1: yeah, but I'm saying when you come out and you don't listen, Edmonton's got a good team. They went to the to the conference final last year. Or the sec, the second the third second round, right? So yeah, they have a good team and they're expected to, to be better than, than what they're playing. Tampa is expected to be better than what they're playing. Washington is better is expected to be better than what they're playing. Now, do you worry about these teams that are expected to make the playoffs? Right? All these all three of those teams, I think you would think at the beginning of the season, you're gonna say, okay, they're gonna make the playoffs. But would so what I'm saying is if there's a team that you think can can start slow and knows how to turn it on or can turn it on when they need to i would say i would be least worried about tampa in this situation um you know washington capitals are being their, their normal film just showing up when they want the edmonton oilers don't know what time the game starts yet toronto maple leafs think that you know you know that they're god's gift to hockey so they just step on the ice they think they're gonna win they get they get dumped by a team in arizona who hasn't even had a win yet it drives me crazy just the, the mentality of of watching these games start. It really does. I just don't get it, and especially when you're the outsider and you have and you you look at a team and you have such confidence in the team and 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 you look at a team and you think a certain way about a team. So you bet that team by how you think they are by the players that are on the t- on the roster, right? And and then you look at the at, you look at your 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 list at the end of the night. And you've lost money. It's like, Are you fucking kidding me?
2: Well, here you know what, JR. There's one word. There's one word that um, describes, I guess, not describes your agony, but uh, it, I guess, can can explain your disgust. And that's parody, man. The league, the there's Is a lot mean, of it's, parody. It's a good in point. This, there's a lot of parody. It's a in good this point. League. And I'll tell you the other thing well, I liked about that that uh, Arizona win over the Leafs. Nick Ritchie comes back into Toronto and gives him a little yep, yep, yep. little uh, yep. punch in the gut with a goal and an assist after they gave up on him, called him lazy and all this shit, and then he goes to Arizona and plays well. I am rooting for Arizona. So I, I am rooting for Arizona to do well. So I'm, I'm happy they beat the Leafs. I'm sorry you lost money, but I'm happy they beat the Leafs because they're getting a lot of shit because of the scenario. They're not happy there, you know. Starting a bunch don't, of games. Don't get me
1: wrong. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. I'm happy they won, too. It's, it's unacceptable for Toronto. I think the Maltese Wi-Fi is going on us. But well, I, no, I, think, I, think I, I think they I think shut the Wi-Fi
2: it. off on the boat because they want you to get back into the party. What time of day is it there? Tell us that quickly.
1: Um, I think it's around 4 o'clock. What time is it down there? About six oh. hours ahead of you.
0: Well, listen. I mean, you don't have to go any further
2: than to uh, what happened in uh, Edmonton last night. I didn't yep. know what to expect at all. And you said something interesting. You said uh, you didn't even notice Connor McDavid last night. And it's it's amazing that you say that because as I watched him last night, all I kept thinking was, "Oh my God!" Every time he has the puck, you just think something magical is going to happen. Yep. So you're you're
0: you're very you're very right. Did 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 you not think like, listen, you're not going to shut down Connor McDavid. That's impossible. He is just too good of a talent to shut him down. But to be able to what we talked about yesterday in our podcast is you have to limit his his speed. You have to limit his opportunity. I'm going to tell you right now, one thing that stuck out to me um, in zone play for the Sabres was fantastic. Five man unit. They were very structured. They did a nice job staying in lanes, sticks in lanes. Any times there were shots, they were always in the shooting lane. I thought they did a really, really nice job keeping Connor McDavid to the outside. Now, yes, he's moving and grooving and flying and skating, but they didn't. I just, you know, and and he's going to create stuff, but I thought they did a really nice job. We haven't had a player in Buffalo do that since who? Who did you say Pat- this morning? Patrick Coletta, I said, this morning. You know, you look at Labushkin in the two hits. He's got heads up. He's he's basically targeting. He knows exactly when that player in the first, when Dreisaitl comes around the net in the first period, Labushkin's scanning in front of the net on the other side. He knows exactly what he's going to do or try to do before Dryside even goes behind the net, and he lays a massive. He's kind hit. of
2: hoping he does, though. He was killing a penalty, and he went and did that. He buried him and got right back into position. Listen, I mean,
0: these are the 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 hit that he. I, I can't even. I don't even know who he laid the hit on. uh Holloway. Holloway. Holy jumping! Like I mean. And that is one of the best hits that you will see. That's the that's literally one of the best hits I've seen in in a decade in in, in Sabers Sabers play. Like that is
1: somebody the best open
0: ice hit that you
2: can have, and it was clean. It was as that clean as you can possibly have to the Brian Campbell R.J. Umberger, and it is absolutely identical. I don't even know. Did the kid come back? If no, he, he didn't. Came- he, he only played three minutes and 47 yeah. seconds. So he in did the not game, come back. So. Yeah. You're not going to like this. And I don't want to get into a war about it. Is that hit necessary? Yes. Yes, I do think it's necessary.
0: And listen, I mean, who is this on? Is this on Labushkin? Or is this on Hallway? Putting himself in a vulnerable position. I mean, he's looking back, trying to like the pass that is made from the defenseman. If you if you go back and you watch the receiving of the puck. This is on hallway. He deserves to get hit. That's just the way I, that's the way I see it. Like he's not in position to receive the puck properly because he's not in the proper position. Now, you have Lily Labushkin when he's on the ice. This is just me from playing against multiple physical players over the years when he's on the ice and he's, if I'm a left winger, if I'm a left winger and I know Lily Labushkin is literally 15 feet or 20 feet from me up ice, I'm going to have my head up the entire shift because I know that he has the ability to make big hits and hurt you if it if it's someone else if it's henry yoki Haru, then i know that he is not accustomed to making those hits no it's uh i i i don't even want to start talking numbers like doline at the end of this year will have one year left at 6 million dollars and i would i would think with almost 100% certainty that the sabers are going to look to um, extend Darlene to a long-term deal, an eight-year deal, as long as they possibly can. That's what I would think. Um, that's where the number gets tricky. That's where it's going to get really tricky. I would think that at at minimum, he will be at $9 million, at absolute minimum. And depending on how the season goes, and we don't know where he's going to finish at the end of this year, but he he could be eleven and a half
2: come on come on what come on you can't you can't say he's gonna be at 11 and a half you can't pay him 11 and a half million like if, if Darlene is serious him. about winning he's got to understand that 9.5 million is the most that you or 9.75 you can't get players like this on 10 $11 million dollar contracts. You can't look at the Eric Carlson. Look at Toronto. Look at these teams. Well, that's I look at Eric Carlson's. Uh, you know, he
0: produced an insane, insane amount before he ended up getting the deal. But now that deal for San Jose is literally the worst deal that you can possibly have in the NHL because Eric Carlson is 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 still a is still a s- strong player, okay? But he's 32 years old. He's got five years left at eleven and a half million dollars a year. Okay? If this kid's
2: gonna get over ten, he needs to be in the Norris discussion this year. Okay? This year. Yeah. And and if you're not getting Norris discussion this year, then don't sign your contract. Well, who if would you take certain- over Seth Jones and 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 Rasmus Dalin?
0: I take Rasmus Dalin What about um what about the kid from Columbus? We're because uh, we is making 9.58. I'm taking Rasmus million Darlene. dollars a year. I'm going to take Rasmus. Okay. So you have two players right now that I just named that are making basically 9.5 and 9.58 million dollars a year. Okay, so What's Darnell Nurse make? darnell nurse i think is nine nine two five i can look him up quickly right here okay well i'll
2: say something bold right now because we have owen power and all that i would trade darlene for for yeah for uh darnell nurse right now straight up uh yeah no um
0: 9.25 darnell nurse is making like if you look at you look at the point totals of 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 Don Darnell Nurse. I know he's got the physicality. I know he's an exceptional skater. You saw him in the game last night. Oh, what a beautiful
2: goal! Yeah, beautiful. And, he, and he almost did it again. He almost did it a few times.
0: Yeah, he he, he, he can he, he can absolutely fly, fly. Like I mean, epic. One of the fastest in the league. He's huge. Big kid. Big kid. Not again. Like he's he's put up some nice point totals. Like he's. He's no more than a 30, mid 30 point guy. Okay. Rasmus Dahlin, last year at 53, and the year before that, they're all in the 40s. And I don't even think he's come close to hitting a stride. Rasmus Dalene going to be a 60 point defenseman in this league at some
2: point. Well, it's going to be this year. This is this year he hits. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be. There have been this other year. 60 point defensemen, Craig, That that are. know, maybe they don't necessarily live up to the contract all around. And, you know, you look at your Shattenkirks, you look at your Yandels, you look at your there are other players that you can use as those are uh, offensive. Oliver Ekman Larson -Larson is a great example. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And I'm not saying that Darlene is this guy. I'm not saying that I'm just saying that, you know, like like what if he's not a Victor Hedman type where you can use him in all those scenarios? What if he's not a Kale McCarr type that you can use in all those scenarios. I mean, does the, does the reality hit the player uh, when they put up these kinds of points, you know, when it comes to contract negotiation, that they're not those guys, or do they just say, you know, pay me. And the team, the team is basically handcuffed, handcuffed. Well, listen, I mean, if you're going to be garnering
0: big money, like big money, Zach Rorensky from Columbus blue jackets, is a very good solid two-way guy Seth Jones from uh, who signed a big contract a 76 million dollar deal in Chicago he's a two-way player but puts up offense you know Eric Carlson was a, a little bit of an anomaly that he was such an offensive guy like he was such an offensive it's like stud. having another forward he was like Paul yeah, Coffey he was almost. putting up 70 he was putting up 70 80 80 points one one year he put up but he's putting up seventies, high sixties. He was an offensive threat every single time he he was on the ice, and he got paid for it. He got paid an eleven and a half million dollar deal. Would I have ever paid him that? No, because he, they started to pay him at twenty nine years old. Your best years as as a defenseman are probably between, I would I would say twenty four and thirty. Maybe maybe stretching to thirty two, depending on if your injury history. But defensemen can can play at a super high level for a lot longer than
2: probably most forwards. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig fifty two at the Instigator seventy six.